Wow, it was so great to see everyone here. Good morning. I'm here in the magic city of Miami, our beautiful Miami campus. We have campuses all over the place. We have one right near Sarasota in Northport. Let's do a big shout out to our other Florida campus. Then of course, Dallas-Fort Worth. And these are kind of strange names I know to you guys. Prosper, Salina. I love it, it's an awesome area. Then we have South Lake Keller, gorgeous grapevine. That's where we do a lot of stuff. So I want to say welcome. You guys doing well? All right, so am I, so am I. Well, today we're continuing this series called Fool. That's an interesting title, isn't it? I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the book of Proverbs. And I'm talking about fool. What does it mean to be a fool? I think we all have done foolish things in our lives. We've done those things that we were going, man, that was just not very bright. That was foolish. The, the word fool means to be open. You're kind of open to anything and everything. When I do something foolish, I go with my emotions and I kind of go along with the crowd and I think I know what's up and I do this or that. When I'm foolish though, when I take the path of foolishness, I pay for it. I run the stadium steps of regret and shame. And I think we could all go, man, Ed, I have definitely made those decisions before. Well, the book of Proverbs tells us that we should load up on wisdom prior to making decisions. And, and it's a book loaded with practical information. It talks about anger, it talks about marriage, it talks about sex, it talks about money, things that are kind of irrelevant. <laughs> Proverbs, I'm telling you, is in our grill. Proverbs, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and I want to, to, to just challenge you to read with us the book of Proverbs. One proverb a day, it'll take you, you know, about a month, a little over a month, you know, uh, a month and a day, and, and, and we've been doing that as a church. Well, Ed, how do I do that? Proverbs, what does that mean? Proverbs is in the Old Testament, as I said, it was written by Solomon, the wealthiest man who ever lived, also one of the most powerful men who's ever lived, and, and one of the wisest men who ever lived. Proverbs is about wisdom. Not knowledge, wisdom. Knowledge is great, we acquire that. Wisdom, though, is received. So make sure you're reading through the book of Proverbs. Do you have our church app? If you have our church app, lift your hand, all of our campuses. Our church app is amazing. If you don't, I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to download our app. You might be going, what is an app? You're probably a baby boomer asking that question. That's okay. Look for a millennial. That's someone with I'm a scoop shirt on and kind of wild hair ink all over their body, skinny jeans. That's a millennial. They might be sipping coffee right now. Just, just ask them, how do I download this app? Go to the app store, type in Fellowship Church, and you'll see Get. I'll give you some time. My notes are on the app today. You can follow along with me. We write a devotional every day. It's called the 90-second devotional. 
You can watch messages and, and join us online if you're traveling or sick. That's the only time you can do that. But our app is, is, is awesome. So let's jump right into what I'm talking about. What am I talking about? I'm talking about talk. That's what I'm talking about. The book of Proverbs talks a lot about talk. The, the, the Bible talks a lot about talk. We average 30 conversations a day. 30 conversations a day. We send and receive an average of 128 texts per day. Americans send 18.7 billion texts per day, if you took the entire U.S. of A. 18 billion texts a day. So we're all about words, are we not? We're all about conversations. We're all about, we're all about this gift of communication that God's given us. Words are wonderful. They can be awesome, but also words can be horrible. They can be filled with hate. Words can be wonderful. They can also start wars. Think about, just for a second, Adolf Hitler. His words led to the extermination of millions of Jews. Think about Martin Luther King Jr. His words led to freedom and equality. Think about Winston Churchill. Think about, think about Fidel Castro. What he did to the beautiful country of Cuba with his words. Abraham Lincoln. You and me. Your words. What are your words saying about you? Think about God's algorithm. As he looks at the trends and looks at all the math behind it, how, how, how are you doing in your conversations? What are you doing with your words? I want to talk about three things today. You can travel along with me on our app that you just downloaded. Three things I'm going to talk about. First of all, I'm going to talk to you about the wonder of words, the wonder of words. Secondly, I'll, I'll spend a brief amount of time talking about the way of words, and then I'll wrap it up talking about the wisdom of words. Are you feeling me? All right, nod your heads, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Now, let's talk about the wonder of words. What is a word? What, 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 what's a word? Well, I came up with this acrostic, words, words. Wonderful opportunities to relate dynamically to someone about something. That's what a word is. A wonderful opportunity to relate dynamically to someone about something. Words. We're made in the image of God. God's a God of the Word. This book, the Bible, is called the Word of God. God speaks to us through words. He could have made us communicate with smoke signals, with Morse code, with, I don't know, drum beats, with grunts and groans. What did God do, though? We're unlike any other creature. We have the ability to speak. Have you ever thanked God for the wonder of words? If you haven't, we're gonna do it right now. On the count of three, I want us all to say, thank you God for words. Everybody, out loud. One, two, three. Thank you God for words. Yeah, I love it. Words are important, words are huge. 
What did, what did God do? God created the heavens and the earth with his word. The Bible says he spoke the world into existence. Jesus is called the word. John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the, say it with me, word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Your words. Think about your words, the words you said already today to your spouse, to that person you're dating, to maybe an usher, to someone who greeted you at all of our campuses in the parking lot. Think about the words you said to your grandfather, your parent. Think about what you said to your child. Think about what you said last week to the teacher, the coach. Words, words. Words. Do you analyze your words? How about this spiritual algorithm? What is God seeing? What's trending in your life and in my life? You know, you know it's funny as you think about people and, and the words that we speak. You have on one end or one side of the continuum the overtalker. Do you know any overtalkers? I mean, an overtalker just talks and talks and talks some more. And overtalkers don't realize they're overtalkers. But let me say something to the overtalker. If you see someone avoiding you, or when you walk up, they act like they're having this conversation on their phone, you're probably an overtalker. Overtalkers just change subjects from just effortlessly from this subject to that subject. You might be talking about, man, those are cool jeans. Where did you get those jeans? And five minutes later, you're talking about breeding English mastiffs in. Northern California, you're like, what? You're talking to an overtalker. <laughs> now, on the other end of the continuum, you have the undertalker. One time I interviewed someone at Fellowship Church, and this person was a card carrying undertalker. We had a massive crowd. I remember it. we had over 27,000 people that weekend. So she was like the star of the, of the weekend. Christian lady, so I'm thinking, this is gonna be a great interview. I mean, this is just gonna, gonna go, because whenever I interview someone, I try not to meet them beforehand. So she comes out on stage, standing ovation, she sits down. I, I felt like, I felt like I had done four or five CrossFit workouts back to back after I finished interviewing her. I mean, I was just pulling stuff out and she wouldn't respond and she'd be like, <laughs> like, I don't like, no, like, I don't like, understand like what you're like saying, but like, I said to myself, we have 27,000 people here listening to an underdogger. You don't know where they're coming from, really. They don't really communicate. Now, there are other talkers, too. Have you ever talked to a whistle talker? Kind of whistles? Yes. Yes, I love uh, the book of Proverbs. It says a lot of stuff about life. It's amazing. Do you, you know any whistle talkers? Just, just kind of whistle with them. <laughs> then you have the soft talker. You might be a soft talker. <laughs> and people are always going, what? Uh, come back. 
I, I couldn't quite get You're a soft dog. I thought about doing an entire message one time talking like this to see what people would think. And some people are soft talkers. Then you have the fader. A fader is someone that, that is tough because they start out strong. They'll be like, hi, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well, well. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling fine. Just the other day I went out. The old fader. Then, okay, guilty here. The loud talker. My whole life I've been told, Ed, turn the volume down. The decibel level is driving me nuts. Then you have the southern talker. I'm, I'm from the south, so I can make fun of the south. Now, some people think southern people talk like this, and this is incorrect. Yeah, I don't know, uh, how you doing, man? Good to see you, I'm from the South. That's not the way they talk, really. Southern talkers ramp up, and, 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 and their last, the last part of their sentence, the end of their sentence is kind of high, and they talk through the nose like this. And if you really want to talk to someone from South Carolina or North Carolina, they kind of go up and high, and it's really interesting to talk to them. Then you have... How many people uh, have seen the movie the, 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 the Greatest Showman? Yeah, seen that? I'm not really big on musicals, but some people kind of sing when they talk. Have you noticed that before? Like, like, like especially some women, they'll sing kind of, they'll talk. You're singing. A sing talker. Oh, then in Miami, this is popular, also here in, well, it's also popular everywhere, really, Dallas too, the F-bomber. Just dropping those F-bombs. And people use F-bombs as verbs and subjects and transitional phrases. I'm thinking like, man, you must think about sexual intercourse all the time. What if you, instead of saying that word, what if you just said sexual intercourse? What in the sexual intercourse are you doing? That's how stupid it is. This is vulgar language, man. It breaks the heart of God, you F-bombers. I've had people tell me something in church and drop the F-bomb, carpet bombing. <gasps> wow. And then of course, hey, how do you like this? This is an underwater Bible, I promise you. A waterproof Bible. I stole it from my wife. Can you steal a Bible? Anyway, here's what I do. When I'm swimming laps, I'm so spiritual, I will read this yeah, so you need to have an underwater Bible. Some people are water talkers. But all sorts of talkers. And, and I don't know where you fit into this continuum, but Proverbs has something for you and me. It really, really does. Let's talk about the way of words. You know, we talked about the different way and different ways that we, that we communicate. Oh, here's another one. Let me just throw in one more that gets on my nerves. The close talker. That person that just, there's no personal space. And close talkers are sly. They'll start out at a normal, you know, 
a normal uh, a pace or a normal amount of space between you and the other party, then it'll get closer and closer and closer. And there's this one guy, thankfully he doesn't go to fellowship anymore, and he would start out, I'm serious, and, 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 and then he would kind of pin me against the wall. I would just be like, but here's what you do to a close talker. Okay, if they come in on you, you just step towards them and it blocks them. And you stay just right here. And then also, you're ready right here, into the solar plexus, and that'll shut them up. Anyway, you know I'm kidding you, come on. Some are like, is he serious? Just joking. But some people do invade, I call them space invaders, that's space, you know? Other people, I guess, talk way out here. Hey, what's up? Yeah. So let's talk, about the, let's talk about the way of words. Three things. Here's what Proverbs says. Limit your words. It doesn't mean to turn into a soft talker, but it says limit your words. It doesn't mean to just stop talking, to be an under talker. Limit your words. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, Proverbs 21, 23 says, and you'll stay out of trouble. How many times in my life have I gone, Ed, you're such a fool. You're such a card-carrying fool. You've taken the path of folly. You've talked too much. And now I'm running the stadium steps of regret and shame. Have you ever been in that situation before? I have. If you're not lifting your hand, you're lying. We have a lot of liars here in Miami and also... That'll be another, that'll be another subject, lying. And we'll talk about that too. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28 says, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. So I need to think before speaking. Before I open my mouth, I need to think. Well, how do we do that? Once a person becomes a follower of Christ, and once we receive Jesus, we receive the word, correct? So the Holy Spirit of God, the, Jesus places the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we're talking, the Holy Spirit's going to warn us. It's almost like a teleprompter. He's going to teach us and guide us. It's that, it's that voice. I don't mean an audible voice, but something deeper than that that speaks to your spirit and mind. He'll tell you, you've said enough. Don't talk anymore. A conversation is a two-way street. Shut up. Let the other person talk. Look the other person in the eyes. Ask them questions. Get involved in this conversational cadence. Too many of us talk too much. And there's a correlation with talking too much and getting into trouble. There's over 105 verses in the book of Proverbs that talk about this. Isn't that amazing? Words. Words. Man, they're so, so powerful, wonderful. They should be. Opportunities. That's right. It's from God. To relate. Uh-huh. Dynamically. No other creature. It's like the human beings. To someone or something. Not only should our words, though, be limited, they should be legit. They should be honest. And I'm going to do a whole, a whole talk on, on lying in this series. I hope you keep showing up. I mean, 
Don't, don't, don't think like, oh man, it's so negative, because it's gonna be positive when I talk about lying, because the, the, the Bible, at the end of the day, is a positive book. There's some negative aspects to it. I mean, the gospel, for example. The gospel is not all positive. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, right? Rose again. But for us to become a believer, we've got to admit the negative. I'm a sinner. I'm fallen infallible. Okay, that's the negative part, correct? And, and what Jesus had to do, but obviously he did it because of his irrational, unfathomable love, then we receive that, then that's the most positive thing we can do. But don't, don't ever say, well, everything in the Bible or everything about, about our words, uh, the Bible says, um, 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 is, is all positive because God gets up in our grill about our words. So, so he says our words should be, should be true. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Man, what does that mean? I think we know what it means. Look at Proverbs 25, 18. Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with a what? Oh. I wish the Bible was straightforward. <laughs> Wounding them with a sword. Or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Isn't that true? I mean, I've said things to Lisa. I've said things to my kids. I've said things to coworkers. I've said things to people who've cut me off in traffic. I've said things to authority figures. And I'm like, wow. That was an ax. That was a sword. That was an arrow. Our words are that powerful, are they not? Make sure your words are honest. John chapter 8, verse 44, he, talking about Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what? Lies, right? He speaks his native language. Thank you. For he is a liar and the father of lies. When I'm speaking in conversation, one of the 30 I have every day, I'm tempted sometimes to lie, to exaggerate, to embellish, to leave something out, to twist the truth. So are you. Don't act like you're not. Just go ahead and, uh-huh. Again, all, all of our campuses are videoed. Just, just go ahead, yeah. Uh-huh, all of us, yes, all of us. Yet, the Holy Spirit of God is taking someone like me, and he's turned me into a truth teller. Not perfectly, no, not perfectly. More and more as I walk with God, I'm sensitive to his spirit. I could be even preaching or talking to Lisa or talking to a friend of mine. And, and, and I'm about to say something that is a little bit, and that's an exaggeration. And the Holy Spirit will like, Ed, don't, don't say what you're getting ready to say. That's not true. I mean, that fish did not weigh 75 pounds, weighed about 52 pounds. But they'll think I'm a better fisherman if I give the bigger number. You know, we, we play that game just quickly, quickly, quickly. And more and more, I'm listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. And whenever 
And most of the times I do this. Not perfectly. When I listen to that spirit, that prompting, and when I say truth, I feel and know the heart of God. And I know God smiles. That's right. And it helps me, too, to have people in my life who will tell me after a sermon or after whatever, you know, what you said about the undertalker, uh, but you know what? I know it's true. People who were there, I will not mention this girl's name, know it's true, so nothing I said was an embellishment. And I felt that tired afterwards. Sometimes I've said something that was not true. And it's not, it's not pretty. It always leads to trouble. You tell another lie and another lie. Are you lying? Are you lying to your spouse? Lying to your kids? You lying to your parents? Are you lying to your coworker? Exaggeration? Innuendo? Leaving stuff out? I mean, I've even come face to face with industrial strength serial liars that'll look you in the eye, and I'm talking just lie. It's scary, man. Hurts the heart of God because our condition was caused by the telling and believing of a lie. Go back to the book of Genesis. Make sure your words are words of honesty. Make sure you limit your words. Make sure your words are legit. And then make sure your words are life-giving. I can, I can give life-giving words to people. Proverbs 10, 11, let's read it together again. One, two, three. The words of the godly are a life-given. Let's say that like I did. One, two, three. Yeah, fountain. And... Proverbs talks about that we can gush truth. We just gush it. Again, it all goes back to God. Without him, I can't do this. He is the word of God, the God of the word. He gives me words. I'm made in his image to communicate wonderful opportunities to relate dynamically to someone. All right, let's talk about the wisdom. The wisdom of words. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. I want to share with you some power phrases. You know. <sighs> power phrases that'll change your life today. The first phrase, please. Not please. No. Please. It's a Polite request. Yesterday morning, I was eating at a little hole-in-the-wall diner for breakfast. So I'm sitting at the bar, have my notes spread out, studying words. And I was just listening to, to, to people as they walked into the restaurant, and I listened to the words they said when they ordered food. Uh, give me, uh, give me scrambled egg. No, no. Uh, yeah, biscuits. Okay, I'll take some toast. I mean, just like, the mood is rude. I thought, where's please? Where's a polite request? Please. Please. 
The scriptures implore us in so many areas to, 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 to be gentle. Not gentle, weak, snowflake, but I mean, check this out. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. What do you do when those veins are popping out of someone's head? The decimals have been doubled. They're kind of bowed up, showing the teeth. What do you do? What do you do? You better incorporate, please. You better incorporate this one. Thank you. I didn't say no problem. Please, I beg you, don't say no problem. That's awful. It's a double negative. No problem. No problem? Where did that come from? Thank you. Have you ever said thank you to God for words? Do you ever say thank you to your spouse for what she does or for what he does? Oh, they already know it. No, they don't. I mean, I can live on one compliment for a couple of months. People sometimes say, oh, I know you hear it all the time. No, I, I go, no, I don't. Bring it on. Because I don't. Are you saying thank you at restaurants? Have you ever said thank you to a police officer? Have you ever said thank you to a fireman? Have you ever said thank you to your mom? Thank you to a friend. Thank you. How about thank you to your mother who carried you for nine months? Have you ever done that? Thank you? It's huge. See, it doesn't work. No problem. You carried me for nine months. Oh, there were problems. <laughs> you ever heard of labor? I'm proud of you. Now, 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 guys, we're weak. We act like we're not, but we are. Women understand who they are, I think, better than men do. Women will admit their weaknesses quicker than we will. But we're really weaker than women. But in this machismo culture, man, no, no, not me, man. I'm the man. Please, playa. <laughs> if your girlfriend or a wife, you tell him, I'm proud of you, man. You, 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 you tell him that. You tell your son, you tell your coworker, you tell that friend, I'm proud of you. You want to change your company? Your classroom? You want to change your practice? I'm sorry. Those are some other words. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about what some lawyer will draft or some pseudo-apology for some celebrity to read on TMZ. I'm not talking about that crap. Those aren't apologies. True apology is, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Not, hey man, I'm sorry if I offended you. If I say that, I'm saying, man, you're an idiot. You're an emotional wreck. That's not an apology. 
That'd be like us saying, hey, Jesus, I'm sorry if I offended you. Are you saying that regularly? Strategically, intentionally? Last one, and this is probably the most, I don't know, life-changing one maybe right now. When you get in a situation where you're feeling the temperature arise, where there's a, I love this, miscommunication. We love that word, don't we? What do you say? Here's what you say. Help, help me understand where you're coming from. You would not believe what that will do to the beginning stages of conflict. You have some people that report to you in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a dad, maybe you're CEO of whatever, maybe you're a surgeon, I don't know what, you're an attorney, a pastor. Help me understand. And all of a sudden, you'll have communication and connectivity, and it will be phenomenal. Words. Wonderful opportunities to relate dynamically to someone. Jesus is the word. If you want to talk about a wonderful opportunity to relate dynamically to someone, that's Jesus. He lived a perfect life. Died on the cross for our sins, something we don't deserve. Rose again. And he offers you eternal life. And you can have eternal life just by giving him the word. Have you given him your word? Everyone here, everyone in all of our different churches all around, I want you, if you have never done this, to pray a prayer to give the Lord your word. This is not my prayer, but I want to include you in this prayer. I've prayed this prayer before, but you can pray it right now. Just say this after me. Just say, God, I admit to you that I've made mistakes, that I've sinned, that I've messed up. I'll tell you the truth about that. I believe, though, Jesus, that you are all about your word, and I believe your word, that you died on the cross for all of my sins and rose again. And right now, just say that at this time, I ask you, the word, Jesus, to come into my life. I give you my words. Jesus, those are your words. I'm just helping you to say it. Jesus, I've given you the word. You take control of my life. And the moment you said that, he came into your life. Faster than we can even comprehend. He cleansed you. He forgave you. And he's placed the person of the Holy Spirit in the depths of your life. You are born again into his family by praying that prayer.
I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer with me for the first time, would you lift your hand just for a second? Lift your hand. All right. Great. Awesome. Many hands are going up here. The side, the front, and the back. Thank you. Awesome. Incredible. You might find yourself in the balcony in Grapevine, on the front row in downtown Dallas. You might just be in the middle of the crowd in Prosper, Salina, maybe in Fort Worth, in one of our overflow rooms, maybe in South Lake or Keller, at Lasso Ranch. It's the best thing you'll ever do. The best thing. Others here, let me pray another prayer, need to pray a prayer of words to you, God, about their words. Ask God right now to point out areas where you need to reboot, recalibrate, and change those words to be sensitive to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's give a massive round of applause for these, for these decisions.